We're launching our new series today called Remnant to Revival. And, uh, and we did this last year in June and uh, felt that it was good to bring back again. And uh, if you are new to Empower, uh, you know, we, we actually went through uh, a bunch of different revivals in our history last year. It's, uh, it was hard to get through all of them. And, uh, and so we thought, right, let's bring it back again. And, uh, and the whole series of Remnant to Revival is to go through uh, revivals in our history and, uh, and, and just look at what were the contributing factors that took place uh, for a move of God that happened uh, in a community, a city, in a nation, whatever it may have been. Um, you know, how did people posture themselves before God? How did they pray? How did they stand before God? And uh, how did they move with God during that season of however long it was? And also, what was the fruit post the revival? What did God do post that revival? Because anything, any move of God should have good fruit should have godly fruit and, and good fruit that came of it. And, um, and so what we wanted to do is we're gonna discover some more uh, revivals in our history, um, some more historic things that took place. But my prayer over this series for all of us is that it stirs something in our own hearts. And, uh, and we need to know this is that revival or renewal is God moving in God's way. Okay, you can't conjure it up. It's not like, you can make it happen. It is the move of the Holy Spirit in God's timing and in God's way. And we just have to understand that in the way that it moves. And, uh, and, and so for all of us, I really believe that personal renewal always comes before any other renewal in our community. Uh, for God doing a personal revival renewal inside of us as His people in the church is the first and foremost thing that takes place of what do I need to do to bring myself before God in a prostrate position in my heart before God, humble, repentant, contrite before God in surrender to who He is so that God can begin to move in my life, uh, in, in my heart, my mind, my life, in my marriage, family, whatever it may be, so that God can then move in my community, in our church, he can move in our city in a greater way. And, uh, and so the heart of it is, is to say, God, how can we position ourselves today? How do we position ourselves for a move of God in our lives today? So good. Revivals or renewals did happen in history as well in the, in the Bible. Uh, we see that in the Old Testament in 2 Kings, it talks about King Josiah that, uh, that you know, had the, the nation of Judah had wandered so far away from who God really was, that even though Josiah was a, was a good king, uh, loved God, uh, they, that, the, the, imagine this, the book of the law was hidden in the back blocks of the temple and no one had seen it for years. No one had seen it for a long time. And then suddenly they're doing a clean out in the temple. They find the book of the law, which is essentially the Bible at the time. And they, they read it and they're like, oh man, this is incredible. They take it to the king and the king has it read before him. And he's like, either, you know, either this is not true or we're not living the way that God has called us to. And, uh, and so he leads the nation uh, from his position back into repentance, back into coming back before God and brings the whole nation of Judah back to a place of surrender to who God is. You know, we also see in the Old Testament, the book of Jonah. The book of Jonah was actually the book of a, a man, a prophet, Jonah that was led to the, the city of Nineveh and, uh, and he was called to go and preach for them to repent. And uh, how many know, he didn't wanna do it. 
was not keen on going. He went in the other direction. God had to get him back. We know that most of us would know the story, but read the book of Jonah. Not many chapters in it. Uh, but it was, it was him literally going through the city of Nineveh, calling to them saying, repent before the judgment comes. Repent. And, uh, and, and, and guess what? In the Old Testament, they did repent. They did. They came and they came before God and they repented for their sins and their actions. And the Lord relented. And, uh, and, uh, and you look at this and a whole city was saved. A whole city was God, God pulled back the judgment from them. And just because one man said, you know what, I'm going to do what I don't feel like doing, but I'm going to go and I'm going to preach the, the repentance uh, into this city. And they chose to actually do it. And if you ever wondered whether God was actually a merciful God in the Old Testament, let Jonah speak to you. Let that speak to you, whether, whether God had mercy. He gave him an option. He said, hey, go and preach and let's see if they do repent. Let's, let's give them an option for them to repent. As God is loving, merciful God. But uh, we see in Acts 2 in the New Testament, and uh, we see that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the first church. And, uh, you know, uh, 50 or 40, 50 days after Jesus had ascended into heaven, we have this moment of His disciples, the apostles, uh, a group of 120 people in the upper room in prayer, believing God, because Jesus had promised uh, the outpouring of His Holy Spirit upon them. The Holy Spirit pours out upon them and they speak in other tongues. They see, you know, from that, you know, Peter preaches a sermon that day in Jerusalem. Uh, 3,000 people get saved in that one moment. How I many you know that's a, that's a renewal? That's a revival in the city. 3,000 people get saved. Then the move of God takes place, you know, in the years to follow, like right across not only Jerusalem, but Israel, Samaria, uh, throughout Asia Minor, through Paul's missionary journeys, journeys, we see a move of God that takes place in church planting right across the known world at that time, which was powerful. And it all happened because as God poured out His Spirit. You know, I wanted to bring it a little bit more closer to home as I preach this message today. And I actually want to talk about two different moves of God that happened in Australia. And, uh, and the first was the, the Melbourne Revival of 1902. And the second we're going to talk about is actually the Billy Graham crusade of 1959. That, that uh, there was a, such a great move of God, such great fruit that came for that, from that in our nation as well. So the, the Melbourne revival, things began in that in actually 1871. It was a Scottish man by the name of John McNeil that had pastored a church in South Australia and uh, from that point had launched out across Australia and, and travelled as an evangelist right across Australia into Presbyterian churches and churches that would have him uh, evangelise and, and, and saw moves of God that happened in different communities across different colonies. And, and it was powerful. Later on, he actually uh, took on another church, another Presbyterian church in Melbourne, uh, but continued to preach as an evangelist. He would often go and preach in this place called Studley Park. If you're from Melbourne, you'd know where that is. Uh, but Studley Park, he'd go down there and preach and, and see people come to Christ. Now you might think, oh, you know, 20, 30 people listening to him. And at one time, he actually had 5,000 people come out to hear him preach at the park. And, uh, and, and people got saved, God moved in a powerful way. And, uh, and, and John actually had this great desire uh, for the colony of Victoria. He wanted to see a move of God in the city of Melbourne and, uh, and, and began to pray. He, he long desired to see Acts 2. 
He long desired, it's noted that I, I wanna see what the disciples saw. God, I wanna see the outpouring of your spirit that God, we could see people come in their thousands to Christ and to see a move of God in this city. So what happened was from that, he actually called uh, three other pastors in the city, three of his friends. They came together and they prayed every Saturday afternoon for two hours. And they came and they said, let's, let's do something. How many know when you believe in God for something, he, he said, let's, let's put some action to the desire. And, uh, and so they began to pray. And, uh, and, and two hours long, and, and they, would, they would pray for, the, for each other. They would pray for their families, pray for their congregations, their churches. And they would pray for the city as well. They would believe for a move of God. They would pray for revival in the city of Melbourne, in that community. And, uh, and they later became what they were known as is the band, first band, all right? They were the band. And, uh, and later it actually expanded to include other pastors, different denominations that would come together on a Saturday afternoon for prayer. Such were the power of these prayer meetings that they would go uh, sometimes even throughout the night. They would pray the entire night in a vigil of prayer for the city. And, uh, and just, a, just a powerful key that happened. In October of that same year, John invited every Victorian minister to a day of prayer and 700 ministers turned out to pray for revival in Melbourne. How incredible is that? 700 ministers turned up. But get this, sadly, at the age of 41, John passed away. He collapsed out of exhaustion in his plight to see a move of God in the city. So how many know even back then, it's like kind of, it wasn't the, the things to look after ourselves that we have today, but he gave everything he had. Literally, he gave it all. And he, he died at the age of 41. And, uh, and out of this, this actually fueled greater prayer. It fueled greater prayer from the, from the, the, the churches and, and the pastors across Victoria. And at the time of his, of his passing, there were now 30 home prayer meetings that were happening across Melbourne City and across Victoria. And this grew rapidly across Victoria over the coming years. It ended up growing to 2,100 prayer meetings that included 15,000 people attending those prayer meetings weekly. How incredible is that? That's a renewal right there. That's powerful. You know, it started with just four pastors coming together then ends up being 2,100 prayer meetings right across that, the, the greater Melbourne region as well. And that, that group of 15,000 people ended up forming what was then called the Australasian Evangelization Society. They formed this, this society together to believe for a move of God. And, uh, and in 1898, they put a letter together signed by the 15,000 people to go to D.L. Moody. Who, who knows of D.L. Moody? Remember, anyone read that in history? I encourage you to read about him. D.L. Moody, to ask him to come to Australia to preach here. Now, D.L. Moody was an evangelist and, and, and there, were, there were two great awakenings in America. It was a, the, after the second great awakening that took place, great move of God across North America, uh, what followed actually was a civil war that followed the second great awakening and from the Civil War, uh, 
D.L. Moody, Dwight L. Moody, uh, rose up to become a, a great evangelist that traveled across mainly North America and the northern parts of America as well and started Sunday schools and churches right across uh, of America, right across North America. And it just had this kind of band of these uh, churches and Sunday schools. Now, there are Sunday schools that exist today which came from that great move of God that took place. And, uh, and D.L. Moody being a great evangelist, they, uh, the, 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 the Australasian uh, society uh, came together and said, hey, let's invite him to come. Let's invite him to come. We're believing for a move of God. And, uh, but sadly, uh, D.L. Moody was moved with prayer to come to Australia, but he actually passed away in older age. He was actually quite old at that time and didn't get to come to Australia. And, uh, and so from that, there was the president at that time of the Moody Bible Institute named Reuben A. Torrey, who was so moved, the same as what D.L. Moody had been moved, by prayer for Australia, that he said, I'll come anyway. He decided to come. Such was the moment, such was the time. And a bit like, a, bit like a Joshua moment. It was his moment that he, he kind of said, I'll take on this moment right now and I will come to Australia. And so in, in 1902, uh, Tory landed, and there's a, there's a picture of him up on the screen now, in 1902, and there were already 40,000 people in Melbourne ready and hungry for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the city. And once the meeting started, they reached over 250,000 people in Melbourne across town halls, meeting places, churches, right across the city, meeting after meeting after meeting. So you've got to understand it wasn't just, I mean, a move of God isn't just one man or one person, okay? While Reuben was preaching in one place, there were meetings going on everywhere, all over the city, all at the same time. God was moving. It's not situated in just a person. It's people that are hungry for God. Amen? And so, so this city, right across the city, towns, halls are being filled with people. And over that period of time of, of weeks, you know, 250,000 people across Melbourne. Now, let's put this in context. All right, Melbourne at the time was a little over 500,000 people. So pretty much half the city were coming out for these meetings to encounter Jesus, to encounter God. And, uh, and over the course of that move of God that happened in the city, 9,000 people came to Christ in the city of Melbourne. Now, out of approximately 500,000 people at the time, what that meant was that's around 2%, just under 2% of the population at that time that came to Christ just over those period of meetings. Now you think about that, man. Wow, you know, half the people of a population, you think about the Sunshine Coast, that's probably 155,000 maybe 160,000 people coming out to meetings over a period of a month, of a week, maybe two months over that time to encounter Jesus. That's incredible. It's just important to always put that into context when we look at this. And, uh, and I just love that we, we look back and it all began with prayer. It all started with prayer and it, and it started around 30 years before, 1871 with a group of pastors that came together, actually a couple of years after that, but there's a group of pastors that came together and said, hey, let's pray for our city. Let's begin to believe God for a move of God in our city. And uh, as I began to pray, there was a move of God that took place in people's hearts to pray. Now, sometimes we can think, oh, if I pray, 
you know, is it going to happen next week? I mean, you think about the time, the energy, and even I look, I look, at, I look at John McNeil and I look at like, I think about him like Abraham. Abraham like was promised that many nations would come from his, his life, him and Sarah. And he has Esau and then he has Isaac, which inherited the promise. All right. But how many know he didn't see the nations? He saw fa- a family come from his life. He saw a move of God that happened. And I want to say sometimes things happen quickly and sometimes things happen generationally. And we can look at this situation and it was literally, you know, from when things began to when it actually took place, it was powerful that people still prayed. They stayed in prayer. They kept themselves in a, in a vigil of prayer. They kept themselves in a place before God. And I want to say it's not just prayer, but it's actually repentance of heart. It's a contrite spirit that when we come before God, who can enter unto the hill of the Lord? Those who have clean hands and a contrite heart to come before the presence of God, to know, Lord, I wanna be holy as Second Peter teaches us. Lord, help us to be holy as You are holy. I wanna be holy as You are holy. I wanna stand before Your presence today and come before You so that Holy Spirit, You can move in my life. Lord, Psalm 139 says this, Lord, search my heart, O God. If there's anything in me that offends you, Lord, I just repent of it today. I come before you today. I repent of it. Lord, Lord, if there's things that need to change in my heart, Lord, please help me to change them. Help me to change them. So how many know that when we're working in things in our lives to change that God wants to change in our lives? Yes, they can happen overnight. Praise God for that. But I've noticed this in life and even for my own life. Sometimes things just take time. And they take repeated coming back into the presence of God at times and repenting and saying, Lord, I didn't get that right today, but Lord, I repent. Help me to be better tomorrow. Help me to change this in my life. Ephesians 1.6, He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And we should never give up on coming into the presence of God and being thankful for the justification of our faith, but also being thankful for the sanctification of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives every day, every day. None of us are perfect. Only Jesus was perfect. But one thing I do know is that we wanna come into His presence daily, daily. And that is the first place we've got to come to is that place of repentance before God. Repentance should be a part of our Christian walk. It shouldn't just be like, I repented once 30 years ago when I got saved. Repentance should be every day. Every day we should get up before the presence of God. If I've thought the wrong thoughts, then I'm sorry. We should come with that humble spirit, a repentant heart before God to say, Lord, if there's things in my life, read my heart, oh God. Search my heart, oh God. If there's things that I need to change, Lord, Holy Spirit, shine on me like a big floodlight right now. Let's never be afraid of that, church. Let's never be afraid of God's holiness shining on our lives. I mean, it's the only way that we're gonna come and start to walk in the way that He's called us to walk is we need His presence. We need His power to empower us to be more like Christ. I didn't just, we, none of us just added Jesus. No, we're walking with Jesus. He lives in us. He's changing us. He's renewing us daily in our lives. Personal renewal is always the beginning of any move of God in history and any move of God that can happen today. It starts in us, amen.
Amen. Second thing is the, uh, I want to turn to now is the, is the Billy Graham Crusades of 1959. And whether you call them a revival or a move of God, they were a move of God. And you'll see why they were, okay? And, uh, you know, these, the, the 1959 Crusades were noted, they're actually noted to be pivotal in changing the course of Australian history. They're noted, they're written as noted to be pivotal in changing Australian history from that time on, which is incredible. Billy Graham is, is noted as saying this from his own uh, storyline and his own um, archives of Billy Graham Association, says this. He wrote this after the Crusades. So for some reason, I could not fully understand, although I believed it was the leading of the Holy Spirit, I had developed an overwhelming burden to visit the distant continent of Australia. And at the time, and there, there was an Australian Evangelical Alliance. Now, I, I tried to research if this was connected to this Australasian Evangelization Society. I did not find any connection there. But here was another grouping of people that reached out to Billy Graham in 1957, and he agreed to come. And, uh, but I want to I note this, that it wasn't like that Australia was kind of ripe at that time, you know, for a move of God, because... Uh, at that time, when they, they reached out for Billy to come, another evangelist had come to Australia and was not received very well at all, all right? He kind of packed his bags and, and cut his crusades short and went back to America, all right? That was the climate. That was the situation that he found himself in. And, and, and Billy's team were kind of like, did you not know that this guy actually had to come home? Are you sure you want to go back? Sure you want to go and do this? And he's like, no, no, I feel from God, we've got to go. We've got to go. And, uh, and so he came anyway. And, uh, and the, I, I must say this, is that the, 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 the nation was ready, even when he did come. Because of prayer, because of the, 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 the season prayer that had continued to happen, people were ready for a move of God uh, at the time. And when he did come, uh, he, he did crusades and across all of like, the major cities, Melbourne, City, Sydney, Brisbane. It wasn't just Australia. He actually went to New Zealand as well. And, uh, and, and the whole thing was about a three-month period. And uh, over that three-month period, through all the crusades and the meetings that took place, the, the Australian population at the time was a little over 6 million people, all right? And it's, it's noted that over 3 million people heard Billy Graham preach the gospel live at an in-person uh, gathering, on television or via the radio. Three million people. So half the population heard him preach uh, the gospel over that period of time. And uh, in the final event at the Melbourne Cricket Ground, there'll be pictures coming up on the screen. Uh, the Melbourne Cricket Ground, there was that, there's a record now that still stands to this day as the greatest numbers that have ever been in the MCG. Okay, 143,000 people attended the final night, the final meetings of, of Graham being there. And by the final event in the Sydney Cricket Ground, they drew 150,000 people to the SCG as well, which is also one of the largest gatherings there at the SCG as well in history. And I wanna note this, that over the duration of time, of all the gatherings and even in Brisbane as well and the major cities across Australia, 130,000 people gave their lives to Jesus over a three-month period. Now that is powerful. 
130,000 people out of six, uh, six million plus people in Australia at the time. And get this, just like the Melbourne revival, it's almost 2% of the Australian population that got saved during his time. Such was the impact that happened in that time. It did shift the course of history. It shifted so much in our nation at the time. And uh, here's a couple of testimonials that came from the Crusades. This is Robert B. Coles, the former Coles Meyer director, spoke of his experience when at the age of 24, he attended the crusade and after hearing a second appeal from Dr. Graham about making a commitment to Christ, he ran down to the front where he was counseled and prayed a prayer of commitment to Christ to which he described as the most important decision in his life. Another man by the name of Graham Pearson, the former chairman of Myob the current chairman of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association wrote that after Billy Graham crusade, he made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, which has impacted on his family, his business and his community life. And there are there testimony after testimony after testimony. Here's the great fruit of that move of God that happened in our nation is that, that, that there was a wave of church planning that took place post um, these crusades especially in the 70s and the 80s and into the 90s as well. A wave of, of, of a move of God, of, of church planting right across towns, regions, cities, right across our nation. And even our move of churches, um, International Network of Churches was known as the Christian Harry Centre. Our founder was saved at the Brisbane Crusade in 1959. He got saved there and had a move of God happen in his life as well. From there in the 70s, 1974, the first Christian Outreach Centre in Brisbane was planted in Woolloongabba, 1974, under a move of God that took place, then moved to West End, and then an incredible move of God took place over that time. That church today is known as City Point Church today. And, uh, and such was the move of God across regions and towns, even in our own movement of, of Christian Outreach Centre at the time and INC, uh, that, that it was just, there was so many, so much church planting that took place in the 70s and 80s. Even our church was planted, this church planted in 1987 under a move of God. Uh, the church that I grew up in, which is now a location of Empower Church, our Innisfil location, was planted in 1984 under a move of God. It was actually miracles took place. The power of God that happened started in this little hall. It was called Fisherman's Hall. And uh, I know Pastor Travis is coming. I don't want to take away from his, his preach when he comes in two weeks' time. But our, our location pastor, Travis, is coming to preach on the 19th of June. He's going to share some of that story as well. But that, that, there was a move of God that took place. And, uh, you know, even uh, 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 my uncle, Fred and Mary, ended up there. You were at a meeting there as well. Yeah, you... Oh, yeah. You got, you, you got saved. I know you got saved before that, but you were there which is awesome. So those are online. My uncle got, was there. <laughs> yeah, which is awesome. But it was powerful. It was a move of God that took place. Miracles. And then it just grew from there. Incredibly. And, uh, and, and I just love the, 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 the church plan that took place over that time. Even in New South Wales, uh, there were ch churches planted and under just, just 
there were tent meetings that happened in places like Ballarat and, and, and Antari, which is a great church planning church over the 80s and 90s. And there was just churches that came out from all those places, t- little towns like Orange and all these places. And eventually it went into Sydney City where there was a move of God in there as well. And then into Melbourne, South Australia, we've got uh, previous pastors. Des- uh, Desmond were there and, and uh, you guys had a church there in South Australia. Am I not correct? Yeah, up in the hill area there as well, which is wonderful. Move of God. Move of God took place right across uh, our nation. And, uh, and I look at this and I think, God, what can you do today? I, I am honoured by our history. And I, 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 you know, and I look at it and I think, how can that fuel something in our lives today to look at what God can do in our future? And I look at the climate across Australia and I think, oh, wow, this is such a, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, people see Christianity very differently than in 1959. Maybe even in the 1970s and 80s, Christianity can be looked upon a little bit differently today in our, I guess, our post-Christian secularised society that we have. But I think about the same thing that, you know, even that evangelist that came before Billy Graham came, <laughs> you know what I mean? He had to cut it short because they weren't ready for him. God can do anything. He can do anything. And, and I really believe that it doesn't matter how secular our, our nation has become, that should, that should cause us to pray even more. That should cause us to cry out to God even more for our city, our nation, our, our world around us. And I know that Australia needs a move of God. It does. Caloundra needs a move of God. I've served this city for 20 plus years. I still pray as fervently for this nation, for this city, as I did when I first got here. And I know there's many in this room that do also. No matter how many years it's been, no matter how long it's been, God can still move. He can still do something powerful. As we connect together, as we are the church together, to say, Lord, what can you do? Now, it'll probably look different to Melbourne in 1902. It'll probably look different to the Billy Graham Crusades. I, I don't mind what it looks like. I just want God to move. I just want Him to move. See a move of the Holy Spirit across our city, across the Sunshine Coast region, across our state of Queensland, across the nation of Australia. See a move of God take place where, you know, maybe there's towns, regions, cities that don't have churches anymore or they don't have evangelical churches or Pentecostal churches right now. And, Oh, how can we see churches in those places again? How can we see a move of God come into those places across our city again? God wants to move in this nation. He does. But how many know it starts in here? It starts here and here in our lives. Say, God, we surrender before you. And I do know this is that, God, we wanna be in a posture, in a position of repentance first. Repentance first. I may, if I get the chance, when I preach again on the uh, 26th, I, you know, I was doing research this week on the, still does something in my spirit when I read about it, but there was a, there was a revival that happened in China, in the, these provinces of China. And it was after this, this thing called the, 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 um, the Box Revolution. I don't know if anyone knows that in history. And that was a, a culling of Christians across China, and there was so much hatred post this, this 
thing that happened in China in all these provinces. There was hatred of brothers and sisters. It was hatred of people. People wouldn't do business deals with others. It was just this generation of young kids that grew up without dads and, and everything because of this literal genocide that took place of not just Christians, but any other. There was all, all sorts of different people and communities that were wiped out. And, uh, and when I read about this, I just like, God, that's so sad. I see the, 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 what can happen after sometimes things that take place in our community. And, uh, and, and, and so what happened out of prayer and missionaries going year after year after year into China, into these places, praying and believing God for a new revival, what ended up happening was that God began to just move and broke out in this small little province in China. And you know what the move of God was? It was forgiveness. Forgiveness. Suddenly the power of God hit this whole community where people were repenting before God in tears and they could not help themselves walking up to other people that they hated in meetings and saying, I'm sorry, I forgive you. I forgive you for hurting me. I forgive you for what you did. And then it began to break out province after province, region after region, town after town. This move of God unto forgiveness of these old hatreds that were there that only the Holy Spirit can do. I mean, that should have been generation after generation of hanging on to that. But suddenly it shifted and changed all because of a move of God. Now they didn't conjure it up. They didn't make it happen. They just kept praying for it and kept going. Missionaries had been there for 30 plus years in that place, believing for a move of God. And suddenly many had come and gone and not seen the move of God. But it happened in that moment. And it was actually in the 1950s. Today, I want us to be inspired, encouraged that God can move in our nation. No matter what has happened in our past, no matter what is happening right now in current society today, He can move. <music>